welcome to the Rising Feminine Collective podcast. I'm your host, Nina Petruzzo, and I'm so honored that you're here. This is a sacred space to inspire, elevate, and amplify your life, your business, your relationships, and your gifts. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Rising Feminine Collective podcast. I'm your host, Nina, and I'm so excited to share with you a really expansive conversation today with one of my dear friends and past clients, Steph Woods. Steph is an embodiment coach and movement teacher who is passionate about helping women reconnect to themselves, each other, Mother Earth, and their dreams. She believes that no woman should have to self-abandon in order to make others comfortable or keep a relationship, career, or lifestyle. Steph currently leads classes, workshops, retreats, and offers one-on-one coaching to help women start living the life they actually want to be living. And Steph is a certified professional coach through ICF. She has a bachelor's degree in dance, countless hours of yoga teacher training, which a lot of that we, we did alongside each other when I lived in California, and tons of movement experience that she brings into her space. And she gets true joy by helping others connect to their bodies as a means to connect to their most authentic, expansive self. And I am just deeply honored and excited to share this conversation with you. I've really been able to witness Steph grow and evolve into so much of the woman that she is today, because we've worked really deeply in an intimate mentorship over the last couple of years. And she has been been a dear friend for many years. So it's such a blessing to witness how she embodies strength and grace and beauty and trust and faith and joy and playfulness in her own life. Steph is truly one of the most playful people I've ever met. And it really is a a joy to witness how she moves in the world. And this conversation is really powerful. We go deep into, you know, really clarifying your values and using your values as a compass for alignment. We touch on, you know, what it's like to make some really hard life decisions and ultimately leave things in our lives that are no longer serving us. We talk a lot about intuition and what it means to really trust the wisdom of your body. And we also talk about, you know, crumbling comparison and really staying in your own lane. So I know that this conversation is going to bless you and, you know, it's a really unfiltered conversation between two friends and soul sisters. So I hope that you receive as much from this as I did. And again, everything, you know, linked to stuff and, and connecting deeper with her is dropped below. So for now, cozy up, get your favorite beverage and enjoy this conversation. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Rising Feminine Collective podcast. I'm your host, Nina, and I'm so excited because today I have on one of my past clients, one of my dear soul sisters, and just a woman that I 
admire and am inspired by and who I just recently got to be in person with, which is always so special, Steph Woods. And Steph is an embodiment coach and movement teacher who is passionate about helping women reconnect to themselves, each other, mother nature, and their dreams. She believes that no woman should have to wait or self-abandon themselves in order to make others comfortable or to keep a relationship, career, or lifestyle. Steph currently leads classes, workshops, and retreats and offers one-on-one coaching to help women start living the life they actually want to be living. And Steph got certified in the last couple of years through ICF. She has a bachelor's degree in dance, and she's a phenomenal dancer and and movement educator and guide for many. Um, She has over 500 hours of yoga training. And a lot of that, we we got to do some of that training together with one of our dear teachers and mentors. Um, But she has far more movement experience than her credentials. And her Instagram is a really fun place for movement inspiration. And Steph really gets true joy by helping her clients connect to their bodies and as a means to connect to their most authentic and expansive self. So Steph, I'm so grateful. I mean, I'm always so excited to chat and connect with you and we were basically starting to have a podcast conversation before I hit record. So, so we're going to let all of you in on the conversation, but I would love to just say hi and, you know, and just check in, you know, we kind of just were talking to this, but to just check in and and tune into what's been really alive for you lately, Steph, um, before we kind of hop in deeper into your journey and all of that beauty. Yeah. Um, but honestly, before I even answer that, I have to say it was really rad to hear you read my, essentially my mission statement back to me. Mm-hmm. I've actually only read it to myself. And this was a good realization. Everybody should do this. If they don't already do this, have yeah. someone else read it to you because that I was, it's, it, it, that is what I do. That is my mission because you read it and I was like snapping internally like, yes. Heck, yes. So thank you for that amazing intro. Um, and what is alive for me right now, um, as mentioned, you and I were speaking a little before we hit record, but a couple things I've, I've been in this place of a remembering the importance of defining things for myself so that what I'm moving towards is actually what I want, not influenced by anything or anyone else. Um, And hand in hand with that, I've really been in a space of also less focus on where I'm going than I've ever had because I'm so, I've already done so much of that in a very intentional way that now I'm in this place where I feel kind of um, just content. And it's something that our current society and that the personal development field doesn't really allow for is contentment. Um, but that the field of, of yoga where you and I both come from is all about. So that's been a really interesting space to be in. Mm. Yeah. Steph and I were just like going into some riff on this and, and I feel many women right now. And I know many of you listening in this space inside of this community are really probably resonant with this of really being in a space of integration and embodiment at the moment and really savoring the beauty of like 
all of the things that I'm sure you've accomplished, that you've trained in, that you've put hard work and devotion and dedication into. And I feel many of us are as women are in this place of like really just letting it settle and just being in the joy of my life is good and I don't necessarily need to like chase or do more at the moment, but I really get to devote myself to the beingness of all of these fruits that have been labored over the past 10, 15, 20 years of my life. And, and I love the topic of really getting clear and defining, you know, what life, what the world, what's important to me, you know, what context does that get to exist in? And we're going to go pretty deep into that together because that's been super alive for me too. And Steph and I, I feel all the women that I care about and am so connected with, we're always in like that same resonance field of like, Oh, it's alive. Oh, me too. <laughs> you know, I'm sure many of you listening can, can relate to that with your own friends and kind of circles of women that you commune with. Um, and I would love to hear stuff, you know, I, I know a good bit of your journey, but I would love to hear some of your journey and really what's gotten you to this place of, of integration and embodiment and really redefinition of, of who you are and what's important right now. Yeah. Um, as you're asking that, I definitely feel ready to share things that haven't been ready to share before. So Thank you for asking that. And, you know, as with everybody, there's a lot that has led me to where I am now. And this journey has been really dynamic. But um, what comes to mind that I I do want to share is my relationship, my marriage and divorce that you know about. I would love to share that with your listeners. Yeah. Because I think that that journey has really been part of breaking through a lot of old patterns, breaking through a lot of old stories and being able to come to this place now of actual contentment with my life. Um, but before I go further, I'm just going to put my hands on my own heart because this that was big already and I know it will continue to be big. So I'm just going to take a moment with my body. And if that brings up anything for anyone else, I recommend you to do the same. Just take a moment with your body. Um. Yeah. <laughs> I part of my journey has really been a lot of seeking in a very graspy way. Always wanting uh this particular image of a relationship romantically, always wanting this particular lifestyle, but actually t- like two different lifestyles combating because one was really me and one was what I thought I should want and those always combating inside and um, just just this grasping energy with everything, with money mm-hmm. um, and career and all of it. And I think that that really culminated in me getting married to an amazing human being who I will always have love in my heart for and a ton of gratitude for, and I will always wish well. And I pushed the marriage way too soon. Um, we didn't know each other well enough. And I also, um, I played a huge part in it not being healthy in that I didn't know myself well enough. I didn't know my core values. I wasn't being honest with myself about what I wanted. And I think that that's the really important key that I want to talk about is I wasn't being clear and honest with myself 
about what I wanted because I felt shameful or wrong for certain things that I wanted in my lifestyle, in my career. And so I just met this guy who's this amazing human and probably tons of people would be like, sign me up if they could meet him and, and read about him or whatever. Um, so I put him on this pedestal and I adopted to what he wanted and what he said was right. And what he said was wrong. And what he said was the best way to do things and where he wanted to go. And, um, you know, long story short, ended up hiring you, Nina, as my coach, because I, at one point I just felt so lost. I was unhappy. I couldn't figure out why I was so unhappy in my own skin that I had days where I had complete true mental breakdowns and was hitting myself saying really mean hurtful things to myself and um the process of getting out of that has has been and still is um in large part getting all that shame gone owning who I am owning what I want and then as you mentioned at the beginning of this defining what does that mean to me? Like, okay, you want success. What does success mean to you? Oh, you want a healthy relationship? What does a healthy, happy relationship look like to you? And that ownership of being able to understand I get to define things has been a huge part of my journey and coming to this place of contentment because then you look around and you're like, oh, I actually want all of these things. I asked for this. I practiced embodying it and I made it happen. I said no to things that other people would kill to have. I walked away from other opportunities that people would die to be in my shoes for because I've said this metaphor to you. I finally realized one day, I don't even like shoes. You can have them. I want to be barefoot. I'm going to walk my direction. Yeah. Mm. Steph, thank you for sharing, especially that piece of your story, which, you know, I, I know so intimately because we've worked together a couple of times and I've gotten to witness the expansive and beautiful transformation really from, you know, pain and discontentment to heartache and, and grief, and then ultimately to love and opening and softening back into the beauty of life and what, you've defined to be most important to you, um, on that really deep, deep level. And I, and I see you now just embodying and walking that path today. And I feel again, many can relate. And I think again, it's like, there's so many like taboo topics and I feel again, divorce is so common (laughs) in, in our day and age. So I know it's talked about more and it's common I feel this is just in my personal train of thought because we have been conditioned to a lot of just corrupt morality and also like non-defined ethics in which we live by, you know, from childhood or our role models and parents and society. And I feel so much of our twenties is like a reconciling and a redefining and a clarifying of like, who am I? What is my personal compass of ethics and morality? What do I want? How does that potentially bridge with a partner? If that's something that I desire. And I feel for most of us as women, you know, our deepest yearning is love and to be loved. So that typically does lead us towards partnership, but there's a ton of 
distortion and inversion that we have to like unravel and untangle. And ultimately relationships are that divine mirror and we bring our wounding and baggage into relationships. I mean, I've had, I've had many in which they were so much of a piece of my evolution because without those people and ultimately an ending to some of those relationships, I don't think I would be the woman that I am today. So I can look back with such gratitude for all those experiences, good and bad, because they have shaped me to be, you know, the woman that I am. And, and we learn so much within that space. And it's really the practice of, of the unraveling of all the conditioning and wounding. We can't, we, we can only do so much of that on our own. It's truly in relationship that we see it clearly and then we have to begin to work it out. Right. And yeah. And untangling those different pieces and patterns, um, to remember who I am and what do I want and how do I want to be in relationship? And yeah, what do I need to heal to be a more mature and embodied partner? And also what do I need from my partner to meet me in that maturity and evolution alongside me? Which, to be honest, a huge part for me of that process was literally getting into my body. Because after years of being a body-based person, but being that person in terms of learning someone else's rules, which is a good place to start. I'm not saying don't learn from other people, like definitely learn from other people. But once you, it's that saying, you know, once you know the rules, you go out to break them. It's like, once you learn the definitions from someone else, then scrap it all and start to write your own definitions. And I did that first with my movement practice, which was also part of, of the work that I, you know, was doing through you at that time, but then took to same thing. Like I, I got stuff from you and then I was like, okay, what does this mean to me? And that's when I started my, my intuitive movement practice was, taking all these rules, all these great teachers, coaches, sources, mentors that I had learned from. And because movement was a modality, I was already my happy place. And side note, I couldn't afford it at that, at all of a sudden in 2019, it was like the hardest financial year yeah. um, for me. And then, and my, my then husband, and I just, we could not afford yoga. I wasn't teaching yoga at that point briefly. So I wasn't getting the free membership anywhere. Yeah. And I tried doing classes at home. And then I thought, what if I just don't do that? Like, what if I actually just lay down and listen to my body and listen to my energy and listen to my heart. You know, there were days where it was like, my heart can't do that today. Like my heart needs to just sit in this weird, not all, not already authored weird shape that it's just telling me to go into, but it, for some reason is making me feel what I need to feel. And that process of, of moving so intuitively with my body built, built some self-trust it built a lot of self-trust, a lot of um, self-guidance, like being able to hold myself and carry myself through something that then influenced how I was in my relationship and the decision that I made that ultimately was the best for both of us to leave and the decisions that I made in my career path and moving and all these things were then from that level of deeply knowing, loving, trusting myself and my intuition and my body. Mm. Yeah. And, 
and you know, that I'm so, so with you in that. And I think that that is, I mean, I hope for, you know, all of humanity, we get to not just live from the mind, but really be attuned to the body. But I feel especially the feminine path is the path of dissension, right? Like moving from the mind and really landing into the heart and the body and cultivating those skills and listening and intuition and honoring the voice of the womb and like really becoming more attuned to our emotions and how we get to feel them, integrate them, and then alchemize them, channel them. Right. And, and then that helps us to deepen communication with our partners and other relationships that we may be in. It all comes from that deep embodiment and the deep integrative work that we devote to through this path of being in our bodies. And I know that's something that's very important to you as well in your life work and journey. Yeah. That's, there's nothing, there's no big breakthrough I've had that didn't involve the body in yeah, some way. Same, same. <laughs> same. I, I know. And I think that's why we've both been, you know, Steph and I have somewhat similar backgrounds growing up in dance and then totally immersing yourself in lots and lots of yoga trainings and studying with all different kinds of teachers in that realm. And then both of us having such an interest in somatics and I feel trauma informed, you know, kind of care with our clients. Um, and I've done a lot of education in that realm and, and I feel what you said is so true. And this is where, what I've discovered too, over the last couple of years, it's like, okay, I've had all these teachers, all these mentors, all of these voices, which have been beautiful and informative and so powerful. But now it's time for me to really trust what comes through when it's just me and me, or like me and God here breathing together, like from the realm of my body. And that to me has always led me to my biggest breakthroughs. I had a, a moment because to, to continue a little with my uh, story and my journey, it was not easy to, to decide to divorce somebody as I don't think it is for anybody. It's not yeah. easy to break up with somebody. It's definitely not easy to end a marriage. Yeah. Um, and you don't do it without, you know, fully excavating everything within first. Yeah. And yet I knew I knew way before I left that that was the right decision. I do think it was also the right decision to excavate all the possibilities and explore it. But the problems came when I would get so in my head trying to figure it out. That idea of like a pro and con list will just keep getting you more stuck. Yeah. And the only thing that helped me was when I would practice and I would get into my body and I would connect to my physical insides, like paying attention to my organs yeah. and my nervous system, you know, not just, okay, I'm going to move my muscles and my bones, but I'm going to move all these layers of my physical body. But also I'm going to, like I said, pay attention to energy, spirit, heart. And when I would do that and then ask a question, there were a couple of times at the end of a practice and one that I really particularly remember where I could feel I was get, getting towards making an actual decision. And I actually thought it was going to be the other decision. And I did this movement practice and I was like, gosh, but why do I still so, you know, feel so conflicted? And then I finish this intuitive practice, closed my eyes and prayed. And I asked, what is it that I need to know? What's the direction I need to move towards with this? And the answer was so clear. 
Um, and I actually am not going to share these specific uh, words that came through just because I don't want it to um, be overly painful if this does fall on his ears at some point. But the the words that came through at that point, it was like, it was just so clear. And I had had moments like that before where I chose to ignore it, which we all do. We choose to ignore our intuition sometimes because oh, it's no. hard. And that's okay. You can, but if you ask it to show back up again, it will. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. And, and what I'm curious to ask you, Steph, cause this is something that we've talked about in the past. That's kind of connected to this, especially when we're making these really big and hard life decisions. And I feel there sometimes is a bit of a battle between you know, conscious mind and the subconscious mind and truth and trauma and, and right. All of those things. And I would love to hear just your wisdom on how you do discern that true intuitive voice versus, you know, trauma or past wounding. Right. And like really discerning that truth from trauma, um, paradigm. That is the best question. Thank you for asking it. Um, there's a lot of layers. So the most simple answer, if someone wants to be able to follow their intuition more than they have been. First step, know what it feels like to feel a yes in your body versus a no in your body, or another way to say that. Know what it feels like in your body to feel expansive or to feel more contracted. And so once you start to feel that like, oh yeah, when I think about that option, I feel like tightening in my heart and my shoulders want to round forward. Like that feels like a no. Cool. Super useful information. The opposite. Like I feel really light. I feel grounded in my stomach, you know, whatever it may be for you. Those are my things. But then the question of how does this interplay with trauma and with past experience with the stories we have in our heads, sometimes things feel like a yes or a no, or they feel expansive or contractive because of those past things. So it's a good place to start with that, but then you have to do the work and actually know, okay, well, when, what are my triggers? Like, what are the things that flood me with emotions and just make me really uncomfortable based on past experience so that even if you feel like it's a no in your body, you can, this is where the brain is still important. Use your brain to say, okay, body, I know that this feels like a no, but it feels like a no, because it mirrors this terrible thing that happened however many years ago. That's why this feels like a no because it's a trigger. And I'm actually moving towards, and this is the other important part, you have to know what's important to you. You have to know your core values, what you're moving towards, what you want your life to look like and to feel like. So when you bring, it's literally just awareness. When you bring awareness of your past, what happened to you? Awareness of your present, how your body feels and is reacting to things. And then awareness of your future. What is it that you're moving towards embodying? Then the brain and the body can start to work together so that you know which yes is actually a yes, which no is actually a no, so that you don't repeat patterns like I did when I was younger because I would be like, that's definitely a yes, that's a no. And I thought it was intuition, but I was actually being impulsive. This is how we move out of impulsivity and into intuition. Yeah. Oh, I'm really glad that I asked you that because we really haven't, I feel explored that to that depth on this podcast. And I, and I feel like a lot of the jargon that goes around and like the embodiment world is like the body doesn't lie. And and I'm kind of like, well, the body does lie. (laughs) 
the body doesn't always, I believe the body is the temple of truth, but it doesn't always reveal truth upon first, you know, exploration. It's, it's often right. Uh, a layering process, a dearmoring process, a discernment process to really go deep. And I love just, yeah, that analysis of like, what has been in the past that's maybe triggering this response? Where do I want to go? And what am I defining as important and aligned for me? And like, where is my energy falling now? What is, what is the truth now that I know and can integrate from these two ends here of the, of the spectrum, what really gets to arrive as truth in the presence, in this moment of, you know, actual, actual truth, not maybe trauma truth or, um, even kind of projections of, you know, fantasy kind of truth. Right. So that clarity and definement is, so powerful. And I, I would love to hear Steph, you know, how personally in your own process, and I know that you do this work like I do with clients, you know, this process of discernment and definement of what is important. What are my values? What is the vision that's alive on my heart? And like, what, what does success get to mean to me? What do all of these things that, you know, we're, we're conditioned to place as important in, in my life, but like when I untangle the world from that, what actually is truly important to me and how I want to live. And I, I just know you've been on a huge journey with this the past few years. So I'd love to hear your insight on this. Yeah. I mean, the, the process that I walked and walk myself through and walk my clients through to get more in touch with their intuition and with their body, which just a like quick side note, a little asterisk let's not forget that the body and the brain and the spirit and the heart slash energy are not separate things really. Like, it's not like, well, this is the body saying this. It's like, actually it's the body and the brain saying it together. You know, the brain gets a signal, tells the nervous system and the body gets a sensation, which gets back to the brain. It's like, it's all happening at once. Yes. And it's easy sometimes for us to think of it at first as very separated, but it's so all there together at once. Um, but the the process for me, the if nothing else, I feel like if every single human practiced getting more grounded, if that's all anybody ever did for the rest of their life after this podcast is just practice every single day of the rest of your life getting grounded yeah. at the beginning of your day, yeah, that would change your life dramatically. Mm. Things become a lot more clear when we're grounded. So that's just step one. And there's a million ways to do that. I, know, and... I was going to ask, I was going to ask you, how do you, how, what do you consider getting grounded? Cause we all have different ideas, you know, on how we do that. So I'm just curious to hear yours. Well, what I consider getting grounded would be calming the nervous system, but the ways to do that. Yeah. Are, are truly infinite and I don't think that any person has to stick to one way, although I'm very Vata, which if you're not familiar with that terminology, I'm just, I'm very, uh, for lack of a better word, like spacey, but that's not even it because it's not a bad thing and spacey has a negative connotation, but I'm not someone who wants to do the same thing every day, but if that works for you, great, because that is grounding to a lot of people. Yeah, but um, there's a million ways to ground yourself, you know, in what you eat and drink 
in how you drive, in how you speak, um, in how you breathe, and in how you move your body. And for me, if it's not obvious yet, you know, two of the most important, those are all important to me. And two of the most important ones is practices to me is getting into my body and into my breath as well. Um, That's really step one. And then step two, to be able to be more in touch with your intuition is to really center into yourself. And to me, that means the stuff we were talking about before, knowing your traumas and your triggers, knowing your core values, knowing where you are wanting to go and defining everything for yourself. So again, not just saying, okay, my core value, one of my top core values is connection. Well, define that. Yeah. What does that mean to you so that you can go to it, have it on your wall or have it in a notebook where you can open it up and remind yourself, this is what is most important to me. There might be other things, but prioritize it like five to seven things that are the most important to you. So that when you're going to say, is this intuition? Is this not intuition? Then you consult that. So it's getting grounded first, which I do think doing that through the body, which eating is part of that, right? Like there's so many ways to do that through the body, but grounding your nervous system, step one, step two, getting really centered slash self-aware would be another way to say that, honestly. And then step three is a bit of surrender. And to me, what that means and looks like is trusting in God Mm -hmm. and and really trusting in the bigger picture because it's not easy to make things, make decisions like, okay, I'm hearing from God. I'm hearing from intuition. I've got to leave this marriage. I'm going to divorce somebody. That's not freaking easy. Yeah. It's not easy to leave a job that you love. You know, these, we hear so many stories. I feel like now of like, I left my nine to five corporate job and like traveled the world and started this business that it's like, I think we've, I forget sometimes of like, that's insane. Like the amount of courage that it took for that person totally is a huge act of surrender to something bigger, to being able to trust, like, this is wild. This is outside of what feels normal and okay and safe. But I trust in the bigger net of support. I trust in the bigger plan that this is where I'm meant to go. I'm getting emotional, but it's I know I'm that, like not moving through my throat right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel it. That bigger, bigger stuff, trusting that there are things that you literally cannot know in the present moment, but you're being guided this way. So you're going to go, you have to surrender. You absolutely have to. And that's probably the hardest part of listening to your intuition because you don't get to know the end. A lot of times with big intuitive pulls, you actually don't get to know that it's going to be okay. You just have to keep trusting it will be which I'll give you a spoiler alert. I really believe it will be. Everything's going to be okay. Yeah, me too. (laughs) Yeah. And that, and that trust and surrender piece is, is very feminine in its nature. You know, the feminine is designed to soften, open surrender Mm -hmm. to then receive like that is our most divine state of being and intelligence is when we can actually, unravel all of the control and all of the fears around uncertainty or all of our, you know, insecurities and really just lean into 
that backbone of what is bigger than us, which for me is, is God as well. And to really just allow my heart to be held, to know how, how to hold myself, but also how to be held by the divine, by God and anchoring that deep faith to know ultimately I'm going to be safe. I'm going to be okay. This is all part of the path and the plan that God has for me. And the more I can accept that, the easier life starts to become. Yeah. Which can sound kind of really beautiful, right? Like, oh, I'm going to trust God and I'm going to accept that this is my path. And like, it sounds beautiful when we talk about it and it's so freaking hard in implementation. And it kind of circles us back to the first part to grounding and exactly what you were just saying. I'm going to be safe. I'm going to be okay. Is another way to ground yourself. It's they're one in the same, right? It's like, it's a, just like we were talking about with the brain and the body and all these things are not necessarily separate. I lay it out in this linear fashion with my clients of get grounded, get centered, surrender, but it's not super linear in actuality. Nothing is. They're all interplaying all the time. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We are on a very non-linear path here. And yeah, all of these things are so, so interconnected with each other. And, and I would love to hear, you know, just because I feel again too, and especially as, as women, we've been really conditioned into a lot of vanity metrics. You know, if any of you are in the coaching space, there's a lot of success metrics that are out there, you know, and just, I feel too, as feminine beings, we are more conditioned into that, that fond response of really sacrificing maybe our truth to appease other people, right. And to have validation or to just follow the path of should over the path of authenticity. And I would love to hear stuff, you know, some of the specific things that you've really redefined in your life as being important. And I know some of those things have encouraged you to make these drastic choices, leaving a job that is, could be quote unquote, so successful that many would die for, or, you know, just making some of these choices. I, I would just, I would love to hear your take on that. Cause I think a lot of women right now are in this process of refinement and redefinement. And I I definitely for myself, this whole year has been a year of death and shedding a lot of my own ego and my own me consciousness to really arrive me back into truth and back to other centered love through relationship with God and really focusing more on the unseen versus the seen, which to me is the feminine way and devoting myself to the eternal over the material but the material is like so programmed to us is like, Oh, these shiny things. And like, this is what makes you popular or successful or, you know, all the things. And, and I just think a lot of women right now are unraveling a lot of these untruths to arrive back into truth as it exists in their body again. Yeah. I, I, and that's one of the most important things you can do is, is what's true for me. What does this mean for me? So I mean, to answer your question, I wish I had my values list at easier reach. Um, so I can just tell you my actual ones because they are important to me and I actually can't ever remember the actual list, um, no, which I, I did no. did recently. I think it's good to do at least once, maybe not more than that, but about once a year. Yeah, revisit, absolutely. redefine, but um, and reprioritize, which is something I hadn't done before. And I do with my clients as a particular process of how to actually know like, 
well, which one is the actual ultimate, which for me, top priority for me is spiritual growth. Mm -hmm. Um, Another one of my core values and what's important to me is connection. Um, Also play, which I think I have on my paper is play slash silliness slash fun, which is so that's one of the ones I always forget. I get so into hustle mode sometimes still I can, uh, one of my others is nourishment. So I can do that. I can be like, I feel really connected. I'm in my spiritual growth. I feel really nourished, but I forget sometimes. I'm like, if it's not like silly and playful energy too, it's not for me (laughs) Um, with my own work, you know, I'll sit down and I'm going to do all these things on Canva and I'm going to prepare all these posts and I'm going to reach out to all these people. And then it's like, are you having fun? Like, why don't you put on some music? Why don't you have a little bubbly, like whatever it is that day. Um, Yes. And then you've said something else that I wanted to respond to and I now forget it, but that was the answer to what's important to me. Oh, the, the importance in defining that you were saying it's, it's so present with so many people. That's why in my statement of what I do as a coach, it's, it ends with, and that was like part of what was, I was snapping inside about is it ends with, I'm here to help you live the life that you actually want to be living. Because like you said, so many of us get stuck in some form and some amount of people pleasing Yeah. because of, even when we think we're not doing it because of totally. what society says is normal, what our parents wish for us. That one's yeah. so hard for me. I love my mom so much. And she has like a totally different definition and vision for so many things about life than I do and I so badly just want because she worked so hard to give me everything I've had that I feel like I want to give back to her so then I've made decisions with her in mind more than myself in mind in a way that I don't think is good um and that's what helped me move out of a career in real estate and those kind of things you know my mom was like so happy I was in real estate and I very quickly realized like this actually isn't for me. It doesn't align with my values. It's not how I want to, it's not the lifestyle I want for myself. Um, and leaving that one was hard because I felt like I was just, I actually knew I was disappointing my mom, but as Glennon Doyle so beautifully says, like it's actually your job to disappoint other people rather than disappointing yourself. But you can't really even know how to do that until you define what's important to me, you know, who I am in the present and where am I trying to go? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, oh my gosh, it's just so much untangling right from, yeah, our conditions that we've been brought up in other people's values that have been placed upon us. And again, that world's kind of consciousness of, of again, and we are, we're, we're programmed for belonging and connection. So once we see, you know, a group or a large number of people valuing a certain thing, it's really easy to think, well, I should value that too. Or maybe that should be important to me too. And I feel like we are in this juncture. I mean, I just feel we're bridging heaven on earth. We're coming back to the restoration of love. We're, we're coming back to the original design that God always intended for us, which is like harmony and truth and justice and in love and equality and just like peace again on earth. And, and I think, right. The veil is being lifted for so many of like, what gosh, is what I'm chasing actually satisfying me? Or is this just, you know, um, a thing that's, that's going to dissolve and, and really isn't important to me and, and isn't going to 
hold itself as a foundation. You know, I'm, I'm definitely realizing in this stage of my life, and this is where I've had to decondition from a lot of, I feel more of the toxic feminism program of like being an independent woman and like get your career and like do really well and make money and like support yourself. And that is heavy conditioning in our generation. You know, if you go to university and and get a, I mean, this has been programmed into us, especially as women for it's been happening since the sixties, but it's like, it's compounded to create this paradigm. And I'm seeing, you know, I'm seeing it in myself now being almost, well, I am in my mid thirties. And luckily I have my beloved partner who I intend and am devoted to creating a family with, but I'm looking back, you know, on the years of my twenties, 20 to 30, those, those prime years of maybe finding a partner and starting a family. And as women, we, we lose that because we're like, so programmed to think, well, I need to do all these things and like get my success. And I've definitely had, I wouldn't say regret every path has led me to where I am, but I had to reconcile even in my late twenties, um, you know, going through the abortion that I did and making a choice in the partnership that I was in, which was not right. And, you know, was not my, my path that I was meant to be on ultimately, but I could almost feel that in my early thirties before I met Will, my current partner, this, this fear of like, wow, did I just like sacrifice a lot of what actually is important to me, which is love partnership and family for these illusionary things of success, of money, of stability, of whatever. And, and really having to realize like, wow, I was not always on the compass of my true, true values. And I'm not going to shame myself or guilt myself for that. I'm glad that God brought me back to truth and has anchored me in the deeper remembrance of what's actually important. But I think the earlier people, and I'm, I mean, I pray for the future daughters of our earth. And I know many of us as women right now listening are going to be raising our children, you know, radically different than what was maybe shown to us and helping our children be connected to their bodies and regulate their nervous systems and, you know, honor their, their spirituality and, and just these other things and giving them a higher code of ethics and values and morality to live by so that they can walk in the world feeling, you know, aligned to their compass and really connected to their values and not swayed from that and not swayed from, you know, the design that they're meant to walk on this earth. Which is the only thing that can actually lead to contentment. Yeah. It's the only thing because guaranteed there are plenty of women out there who it really is their path and it truly is their own individualized from within desire to be financially independent. That's awesome. And then for other people, that's going to be actually coming from the conditioning. And instead they're like, actually what I really want is to like eventually not work and let a partner (laughs) support me and have a baby. Like, yeah, that's beautiful too. And the only, I, I think so many humans but honestly so many women end up resentful when they're older because they listened to what they thought they should do and who they should be and the lifestyle they were supposed to have which was the big thing that came up for me with my big career switch and with my divorce I again was with this great guy but what he defined as a wife I all of a sudden had to realize like that's actually not what I define as a wife and I told him in arguments, discussions, I, I was very clear with him towards the end where I was like, hey, 
99% of the world would agree with you. Like if we could take a poll from the entire world right now, pretty much everyone would agree with you. So if you want to talk about right or wrong, like, sure, I guess you're right. But this is what's true for me, even if it goes against what everybody says is quote unquote normal. Right. And if I had stayed with him, I, even when I did towards the end and I was still deciding, right. yeah. I had moments where I felt resentment come in and I actually saw flashes of my grandmother who was very resentful and bitter in her later years. And I made a promise when she was near the end that I would not become like her when I was older, because I also knew all her good sides. Yeah. And I was like, I'm not fucking doing that. I'm not going to become old in a way that means bitterness and resentfulness and being snappy at other people, especially my partner. Like, I'm not going to do that. But I felt when I was with my ex, oh, if I stay with him, I'm going to be exactly like my grandma way sooner than she was, because I already know what's true for me. And I'm trying to deny it for what I think I should do and what the image should be. And it was the same with the career. It's like, I had a great opportunity to keep going in real estate. I had amazing mentors. I, in my first year and a half, sold a house for 1.2 million. Like not many people do that. In their first year and a half, I was like looking, I was actually really hard on myself when I was doing it. I thought I wasn't doing well. And I look back and I'm like, I was kind of killing it to be honest. Yeah. And it, it wasn't for me, you know, without getting into depth about it. I just, again, had to look at like, this actually doesn't align with the lifestyle that I want. And same thing, I'll end up bitter. You know, some women really want to have kids and some do not. And some of those that don't end up having kids and they're bitter as fuck. Can I, I can I keep saying fuck on your podcast? Sorry. <laughs> it's okay, Steph. <laughs> <laughs> I, I should have asked beforehand. No, um, you can, any expression is welcome here. I don't set, I don't censor expression. Cause then I would be censoring authenticity. Great. Great. Um, it's a good, it's a useful word at times. Anyways. Um, that really is where I believe bitterness, um, and resentfulness and disharmony within energetically, mentally, physically, a lot of that happens is when we get off of our own, as you said, compass, you know, when we get off of our own what do I actually want? But when you follow that compass and you learn to ground and you learn to center and you learn to surrender and actually start trusting your intuition, then you can look around and be like, I'm actually super content with my life. Yeah. Even though it'll, it might change and there'll be things that might evolve and grow. Like yeah. there's no hustle. There's no bustle. There's no yearning. There's no grasping because I've practiced following my intuition, trusting my inner compass and, and embodying the feeling that I want my life to feel like the beingness that I want my life to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm like, so I'm bored. Cause I feel again, and just anyone listening, just giving you a permission slip to really define your values, what's important to you. How do you want your life to feel? And then as you look at that, is there anything right now that needs to be realigned or shifted or changed? And I know in my life, I did a major life dissection in the past year, you know, made a lot of changes both on the inner and the outer so that my life has, is living more to that compass and not that everything that I desire and and yearn for has fallen into my lap yet, but you know, I'm working towards those things. And I know when I'm not living 
in alignment to those things that I've valued now as, as being the most important things and my most important beliefs. And it's just like my daily check-in of who I get to be and, and what I get to, again, value as, as important in my day to day and pivot my life to be anchored in that. So yeah, I just feel this is such a season in which many women are really arriving in this conversation and having this conversation with themselves right now. And, you know, and again, it's, it's a wildly revolutionary act to break out of the societal sameness and to decide that you want something different or something different ignites you more. And you're passionate about things that, you know, maybe we haven't been conditioned to think as being the the best thing, you know, to go after, but it is, it's all about being authentic to that, that deeper truth and aliveness that's in your body and to really follow that. And something's coming up right now that I want to share. Let's not forget that the societal conditioning shows up in places that we don't always expect it. So we have to continually check in and continually stay aware of ourselves and what's happening around us because it's really easy to say, oh, I'm going to become a coach and then follow the same way that everybody else does coaching that you're seeing. This is the type of Instagram post I'm going to do. This is how often I'm going to post. This is how I'm going to market. This is what my website will look like because this is what a coach is. And it's like, no, actually that was, as as you know, Nina, my uh, my first email that I finally sent out to my email list um, after two years of saying, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I finally sent out a freaking email just from my Gmail because the whole reason I kept putting it off is I had a block to it because I realized I don't want to learn a whole other program. I don't have thousands of people on my email list. And I actually don't know that I want that or need that anytime soon. I really like having enough people to reach that I can open my Gmail, put it in the BCC line, write something up and send it off as if you were my best friend. And because that's how close I, you know, not best friend, but there's a a level of true closeness that does happen in the way that I coach. It's not, um, it's not like the way other people necessarily coach. And I don't want to run an empire. I don't. And other people will tell you that that's not enough. And like, oh my gosh, but you're so capable and so much wasted potential. I'm like, no, like I actually want to be able to take a bunch of time off. I, yeah. I just, this is the way I want to do it. And that might shift that if it shifts, mm-hmm. then I'll shift with it. But right now what's true for me is ease. And an old me would have kind of poo-pooed that like, oh, yeah. you don't want to work hard. You want it to be easy. Like things are hard. And I'm like, well, yeah, things are hard, but like my email list doesn't have to be hard. Yeah. Right. And the true design of the feminine is ease. The feminine is design to live in ease. We're we're actually not programmed to work really hard. That's the rule. And I mean, you know, all people listening, you can be on board or not on board with how I see gender roles. And I'm like, just talking at a basic biology, what we're most wired to do. And men are designed to fulfill their value through their purpose. And, and women are born innately valuable because we have a womb and whether you birth babies or not, it doesn't matter. Your womb is your channel for creation. And the feminine is really designed to be in this relationship with, with creativity and with passion and with beauty and with playfulness and with 
ease and radiance. You know, we actually, this is just my belief again, take it or leave it. Like you don't have to agree with me, anyone listening, but as feminine beings, we are not really programmed to work in this way of like hustle and force and control and like going up the ladder, like we're designed to put our heart into a calling. And that might become your business that might be fueled through your career, through your job, whatever it is. But the feminine is really designed to be living closely to that inner heartbeat and to not force herself to, to work or, or do things that feels like it's being done in this, like this forceful way, the feminine path is, is ease truly. And, and I know that it takes a lot of unraveling to remember that, but we do get to decide how do I want to live my life? So that if that's a value of mine, this does get to be part of my life, which doesn't mean you don't get to create success or impact thousands of people if that's what you want to do. But the feminine way of doing that looks radically different than the masculine way. And that's a big remembrance for us as women. A couple of things are coming up. So I'm going to put these here to remind me. And with that, my, oh, for those listening, I like put some fingers up in the air over their corner <laughs> using my body. So I'm like, this will be my reminder of those. Um, but you're, you're reminding me actually, I, I, who's coming to my mind right now is one of my, uh, one of my two older sisters who works really hard and is very independent. And it is the life that she truly wants for herself. And she's done a lot of work to bring in balance of spending time with her body every morning, giving herself opportunities to nurture herself and nourish herself, honor her time off. Whereas before it would have been overextending herself, overworking, putting in all these extra hours to prove, to get ahead, to do all these things. And it's like, she is so freaking good at her job from what I know. I mean, obviously I'm super biased, but I see her as this incredibly, in her definition of what she wants for her life, successful individual who also has in that success um in a way that is very much in uh you know a corporate job and in these more typical structures it's what she wants and she's super happy and she's making a huge impact in the world with what she does and has balanced more of that feminine energy more of that how can I take care of myself again how can I honor my body my time off my you know, the bigger things in life, my growth, my awareness. And it's so cool to me to watch because I don't want her job and I don't want her lifestyle, but that balance that she's got is really beautiful. Um, the other thing that really came to mind as you were speaking about all of that is just going to drop some really, uh, really light words real quick. Colonialism, capitalism. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's why this is. Like, and that's a whole other podcast episode that someone probably more qualified than me can come on and or speak me. to all that. Yeah. yeah, but um, but that's why we are where we are, you know. Yeah. yeah, it's 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 always been like the program of empire to put us in this place that yeah, we we think we have to work so hard and climb this ladder. And and again, you know, this has been a very mat, well, I would say toxic or immaturely masculine dominated realm of, of powering over and not powering with. And I think I just said this, like in our 
way of grace group recently, you know, religion itself, you know, I believe that it's pure intention is like creating a channel and a structure and a shape for spiritual beliefs to flow through. But, you know, ultimately what has happened through a lot of religion is a lot of men have decided that control and power was more important than God in relationship to many degrees. And so much of that system has, has been the foundation of the current world and the, the patriarchal capitalist systems that, that we live in. And we are remembering, and again, woman, the womb of the woman holds the remembrance of the original design. And I do feel again, that's only being restored through union of the masculine and feminine. I love women. I'm all about women rising, but we're only rising to the extent that the masculine's rising. So we both have to work in harmony together. So this remembrance, I feel is like starting to trickle and like ripple on earth, but yeah, we're not designed to be this way. And it's like, no wonder why so many of us have to live out of alignment to our truth or our compass, because, you know, maybe you went to college and got a degree they can't use. Now you're in a hundred thousand dollars worth of debt. And, you know, we're, we're set up to be essentially like in poverty and in debt. And then that's why we're, we're sacrificing maybe some of the things that we value to have to work hard to pay off, you know, all of this debt, whatever that we've accumulated through this system. And it, it is, it's, it's a really, yeah, it's a deep thing. I'm not qualified to talk on this. You know, that's just, <laughs> that's like my I mind. Mean- to an extent we both are. Yeah. Yeah. To an extent, but yeah, not an expert, but yeah, it's, it's totally, we're totally programmed into, um, yeah, this model of hyper-independence, not interdependence. And really the way I see it, a lot of me consciousness versus the we consciousness, which when we're living in me consciousness, which can be very subtle, you might think you're in the we, but I mean, we all have to check ourselves. Am I really, you know, doing this for the me, or am I doing and being in service to life for, for the we, and none of us are perfect. So, you know, don't feel bad if you've caught yourself being more in that ego centric mind, that's part of being human, but you know, where we're headed is very, very devoted to the, the, we, and disintegrating a lot of the me, 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 and this hierarchy and just, you know, focusing on these very seen things and really transitioning to the eternal, to the unseen, to the body, to the deeper spirituality and and finding the bridge between, you know, earth and heaven here and knowing that we are the bridge for that. Which all of that, my belief is can only happen. Step one, like I said, however many minutes ago, you have to be grounded. You yeah. have to calm your exactly. nervous system. You can't start thinking about we when you're yeah. in survival mode. Exactly. And unfortunately, because of things like colonialism, yeah. so much of the world is has been forced into survival mode. 100. You know, yeah. my travels to Brazil, it was like, I spent so much of my time crying when I was in Rio because it was my favorite place I've ever been to as everybody who's like ever talked to me knows I want to live there. And, um, and I cried so much because there was trash everywhere and such disparity in socioeconomic status and opportunities and lifestyles. And that's not really anybody's fault. You know, everyone there is like, well, it's the government, which like it is like the, the, the leaders are, um, 
every government's corrupt. Yeah. It sounds like from what I've heard from people there, it sounds pretty heavily corrupt. And that only yeah. started too from colonialism. It's mm-hmm. like, it, it goes so far back. But when you strip somebody of the ability to feel safe, to feel like you're going to have enough food and a home and be able to support yourself and support your family. If you don't feel that, then of course you're going to be in the me mindset. And that's one version of it, but in a different version of, you know, myself, like growing up truly with enough, like I can tell my stories of like, well, we grew up on welfare and blah, blah, blah. But like, Oh my gosh, thank goodness. Like we had welfare. We always had a house. We always had food. I was always okay. And yet all of us, even people who grew up in a multi-million dollar house, scarcity lives so deep in all of us that it puts us all in a fear state. And then we grow up and we get in hustle culture. And so we're, our body's still in a fear state. We're always the, the nervous system being on such high alert, whether it's from, you know, money, whether it's from trauma, whether it's from lifestyle or a combination of all of that and more. So many humans live with their nervous system in a place that does not feel like safety to the body or the brain. And until we can get more grounded as humans, which is why I'm grateful that I still get to teach yoga, none of that can happen. Like Mm -hmm. we cannot progress and start thinking about the we. We have to get physically grounded in our nervous system first to then think more clearly, to then make the decisions, to then help the people around us who can't help themselves as much because they've been screwed by other people, you know, like then we can start thinking about the we. Yeah, it really does. It really comes back. And this is something I know that I've had a thought on for yeah many years, probably the last decade is like, we have to come home to the body and like re-anchor inner safety because that is the only way that we're going to be able to, to make this shift from the me to the we is, is having that internal safety and having that flexibility and resiliency within our nervous systems to be able to meet the world in a radically different way than we do now. And I love this Pico Iyer quote. I say it all the time, but he says, you know, in an age of constant acceleration, nothing is so revolutionary and important as going slow and really that's the way we recalibrate our nervous system is through slowing down is through the integration is through taking those deeper breaths, you know, taking some things that don't need to be on your plate off your plate. So you can spend more time in presence and quiet and stillness, whatever that looks like for you so that you can reestablish, you know, baseline safety within your body again, and create that resiliency and flexibility so you can meet the world's differently. And, and I know that you mentioned stuff kind of like to circle this whole conversation back kind of in the beginning to the things that you said were alive, or you might've even said this before we came on is like being in this period of your life in which you are in the true integration and embodiment. And I feel, you know, as you said that, Oh, and I'm just relating this to my own journey. Oh, she's in the slowness. She's in like the, the beauty of the stillness right now of, we kind of called it neutrality, but to me, it's like that grounded presence of just being grateful of what is and, and really letting all the dust settle, all the things that you've been, you know, doing settle in the body fully and just finding peace in that of like, wow, I don't need to like move fast to the next thing. I really just get to enjoy what is right now. Yeah. And this is where it can be really important for 
people like coaches because I imagine you have a lot of coaches that listen in. It can be super helpful to remember, like, you don't have to make six figures in your first year as a coach. You don't have to make six figures in your first few years as a coach. Like, what if your journey is to go slower than that? And what if that's okay? What if that's beautiful? What if you making six figures in your first year was going to freak out your nervous system so much because now you're using Asana for your tasks and now you have this for your email list and now you have this and I have this and now you have seven clients a week when like actually what your body needs is three clients. Yeah. Three clients a week and then maybe like three months off. Like there's, there's so much beauty in not needing to go fast with it. Um, and, and then another thing, the word that comes up for me is sattva, which if you're not familiar, comes from yoga. Um, if I'm not mistaken, please correct me if I'm wrong about any of this. Um, but just an idea of energy balance, basically my, my loose understanding of sattva is that it's not this really up high energy and it's not this like extra, extra, you know, down overly slow energy, but it's this place in the middle where you're grounded, but you're awake. Yeah. You know, you're, you're feeling very calm and rested inside, but you're aware Yes, and you're here and present in the world and getting to that state comes from all of this that we've talked about today. Um, You know, grounding in the nervous system, centering in yourself, knowing yourself, trusting your inner compass. That's how you get to that place of contentment, to that place of Sattva. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. To me, it's like the divine equilibrium. It's, it's like harmony, (laughs) like just, yeah. Finding that middle ground between motion and yeah, slowness and like finding that beautiful place that, you know, as one of our similar mentors, Annie Carpenter would always say, she'd always say, what's the rush? Like, what are, what's the Mm -hmm. rush? Like, can we just, can we just be in the sattva? Can we just be in what is, can we just savor this moment? Because it's, it's part of the process and that the process is, you know, just as beautiful as the outcome. So really just being in, in the harmony of that energy is a really beautiful thing. Um, and, and yeah, we, we really, yeah, we dove in stuff. I'm really glad we went to like a lot of different realms in this conversation, which I knew would happen. And, and I know you're so devoted and passionate to helping people again, ground and anchor and be in their bodies. And I would love to hear, what do you have alive in your space? If there is anything, where can we connect with you? I mean, I'll have all stuff, stuff linked in our show notes, but just to share, yeah, where you like to connect with your community, what's alive, what's exciting for you, um, what's coming alive, you know, maybe in the next couple of months. Um, the thing I'm most excited about, to be honest, is my intuitive movement classes, because I've had this on my heart for since 2018 and it's taken many different forms in in my internal processes and you know working through it but every Thursday at 5 30 p.m pacific time I'm online 30 minute class for 11 bucks and we work all of basically what you and I talked about in 30 minutes yeah because I don't want it to feel like a big deal I don't want it to feel like this huge other commitment and it doesn't need to be. Yeah. You can take 30 minutes to be with your body. And sometimes we do a little bit of tapping. And sometimes 
we do some breathing and all the time we do moving and all the time it's intuition based. So I never give postures or movements or choreography or things like that in this class. So it's very open to all levels of experience. Love that. Um, and it's, I guide you towards feelings. So instead I'll do something like say, okay, get into uh, either a movement or a position in your body that feels really grounding to you add a breath to that that feels really grounding in what way could you breathe right now that would help you feel more calm start to move into something that feels more nourishing or more playful or right so that's what I do is you know we always say listen to your body this whole class isn't actually an opportunity to explore what does that mean how do I actually listen to my body and you don't have to know how to do it right away we only know by trying yeah. But the whole class is that it's literally about embodiment and intuition and mm. figuring out how to do that in a way that works for you. That. So that's every Thursday evening Pacific time. And I'll make sure that you have the link to yes. put in the show notes for that. Um, and then you can also just find me on my website, Steph C Woods. So it's Steph, the letter C and then Woods. Um, and I do one-on-one work with my clients, usually starting with 12 weeks um, to start because it takes at least that much time to really see progress. That's yeah. the slow. We can't, we can't expect big changes in no. three sessions. Um, most yeah. coaches will tell you that. And uh, the only session that I do uh, do as a one-off is EFT sessions, tapping sessions. Mm-hmm. And I also do values sessions as a one-off. So that's something that if you go to my website, look at services, if you just want guidance on how do I actually define my core values, figure out what they are, not just, oh, this is what I think is important to me, but a process right. to, to discovering, oh, that's my, you know, most people think it's one thing, but when you go through this process, you find it's something else, prioritizing all of that so that you can do that centering in yourself. That is a service I offer as a, as a one-off that I think is valuable on itself. 100. Yeah. I love all of those things. And I know Steph wants my, I'm in a course right now on Thursday evenings at the moment that ends, I think in mid September. So, cause your class is on my radar. Cause I would really, I just love to be guided. Like I do this stuff all the time on my own, but again, there's a different power that comes through when you're doing it with community. And that's why, you know, Steph and I both, I feel community, as many of you know, listening is like the highest value of especially this more, you know, professional space that I hold and way of grace and the rising feminine collective. But I feel Steph and I both value the power of community and gathering and like being in the energy and vitality of others is really, there's a beauty in that there's an expansiveness. There's a, you know, accountability and transformation that gets to occur in that space. Yeah, there really is. And, and also we all like to be guided and held. And, and that is exactly what this is, is I'm holding that container almost to get, you know, to, to mirror that masculine feminine energy conversation. I'm holding that more masculine energy in that way of here's the container. Here's what we're doing though. I'm very much in the intuitive flow as well so that you can then just flow and like let go and actually find that surrender and find that ability to, to trust. Yeah. Yeah. All of that's going to be linked. So if you feel called to join and explore the offerings that Steph has, 
go follow the links that are below and, you know, reach out to either of us. I love hearing from you that have listened to share your reflections, your insights, your revelations that you've gained from these conversations. So never hesitate to send me a DM. I'm sure Steph is open to receiving, you know, reflections as well. Um, so yeah, just yeah, can connect with us both. And Steph, I'm so grateful that we got to have this conversation today. It's always so lovely and just expansive and beautiful to connect with you. You too. Thank you so much. And mm-hmm. yes, anybody feel free to just DM me on Instagram, email me through my website, whatever yeah. you want to do. I'm here to here to hang out with a really informal email list. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I know. I'm with you. I'm with you on that for sure. Oh, everyone listening. Thank you so much for being here and we'll see you next time on the rising feminine collective.